is Very Bad Words. I'm Matt Fiddler. The next voice you're going to hear is a woman named Patricia, who runs a summer camp in Georgia. And even though it's only one week long, she forms extraordinary bonds with these kids. You know, last year, the girls would all look at me and they go, Patricia, you know, and they just, when I would walk by and, um, you know, and then you've got, I'm either called, um, you know, I love you, mom. Or I'm called white bitch, you know, I mean, I'm called all kinds of things, you know, and I go over and I hug them no matter what. It doesn't really matter. Patricia, who normally goes as Trisha, is the director of a summer camp for children with Tourette syndrome. And she doesn't get angry at kids if they use bad or offensive language in front of her because there's no meaning behind those words when these kids say it. And if there's no meaning behind a word, how can it be bad? And Trisha understands this as well as anyone, because... And I'm also a parent of a child who has Tourette syndrome. He's now 22. And we're going to hear more about her summer camp in a bit. But first, let's talk about Tourette syndrome. When I first started the show and I would talk to people about it and brainstorm ideas, Tourette would almost always get mentioned. In fact, it still does when I bring up what I do to other people. They'd say, oh, have you heard about this disease where people uncontrollably yell out profanities? And I'd say yes, but that's not exactly what it is. And I was just as ignorant until I started doing research as well, because, well, we all got that same education that I did around this condition. My first um, experience of it was in a movie, and it was just someone who would randomly yell out swear words all the time. First knew, knew it in a movie and I probably was like 15. I feel like it was either a Ben Stiller or an Adam Sandler movie. Like it wouldn't have been sensitively done. Um. And so I thought it was the funniest thing in the world where, you know, this person swearing and carrying on. Carry movie maybe actually, thinking about it. There was a kid I went to elementary school who had Tourette's and he would, you know, announce all kinds of inappropriate things in the middle of class. So I didn't learn through a Jim Carrey movie. I actually first learned about Tourette syndrome from a movie starring Bill Murray and Richard Dreyfus called What About Bob, with Bill Murray playing the neurotic hypochondriac. I have problems. Have you ever heard of Tourette syndrome? Mm-hmm. Involuntarily shouting profanity? It's exceptionally rare. Shit eating son of a bitch! Bastard! Douchebag! Twat! Numbnut! A little knowledge is a dangerous thing, so today on Very Bad Words, we're going to set the record straight about Tourette Syndrome. Matt Fiddler, and today we're talking about Tourette syndrome. Now, when I first started working on the concept for the show, Very Bad Words, I thought doing an episode on Tourette's was just a given. And everyone I talked to about the show said, yeah, you have to do a show about Tourette's because it's the swearing disease after all. But one of the first things I learned while researching the show is that Tourette's is not all about swearing. But this show is about swearing. So this episode isn't about bad words because they are taboo, but it's about words that are bad because a Tourette's patient doesn't have complete control over the words coming out of his or her mouth. So it's been a difficult show to figure out how to tell, and honestly, 
I didn't even know if it was going to be possible to make this episode until Jill, the executive producer here, found this amazing woman. Hi, I'm Jess Biscuit. I'm an artist, Biscuit, a writer, and a part-time superhero. Biscuit, I have Tourette's syndrome, Biscuit, which means I make uh, movements and noises that I can't control called ticks. Biscuit, you're going to hear the words Biscuit and Hedgehog a lot during this interview. Jess has Tourette's syndrome and coprolalia, and because of that, I've purposely not edited out any of her vocal tics or the noises from her motor tics. But I have tried to edit out as much of the static noise from our lousy internet connection, which was less successful than I hoped. So thank you for putting up with that. Otherwise, this interview wouldn't have happened at all because she's in England and I'm currently in California. Anyway, back to Jess Tom, who is also known as the Tourette's hero. Um, so I started um, Tourette's Hero uh, with Matthew in 2010, um, and it's a creative response to my experiences living with Tourette's syndrome. Biscuit, Tourette's um, biscuit, um, biscuit is characterised by involuntary movements and is called ticks. Biscuit and biscuit, you won't be able to see my involuntary movements. They include um, biscuit banging my chest and uh, biscuit moving my arms and legs about in unpredictable ways. Biscuit, but you will be able to hear biscuit. Uh, some of my biscuit very frequent vocal ticks. Biscuit, which include the word biscuit, uh, biscuit, which so nothing gets lost in translation. Biscuit, when I say biscuit i would like you to think cookie biscuit hedgehog okay so well and then i should probably ask about biscuit then so you when you say biscuit you i'm assuming you are not thinking of cookie uh, biscuit. I'm definitely not thinking of cookie. No, biscuit. Um, I, my thoughts are totally biscuit-free. Um, biscuit. Uh, and I definitely don't think about about biscuits nearly as much as I talk about them. Um, biscuit. Um, anything biscuit that I've ever uh, known has the potential to become a tick. Uh, biscuit. But why certain words stick around is a mystery. Um, biscuit. Before biscuit, other long-standing regulars included squirrel and taser and I'm a baby and happy Christmas and happy Christmas. So you may have noticed that Jess isn't swearing. Well, not yet. And she does do this sometimes because she does have coprolalia, which is where you do tick swear words and other inappropriate things. But for her, it doesn't matter if it's a swear word or just a neutral word like biscuit. For me, there's no difference. Biscuit. Fuck biscuit. When I say fuck biscuit, um, biscuit, or when I say biscuit, biscuit. The meaning is the same for me, biscuit, for, in terms of there's no meaning. I biscuit, fuck, they are automatic fuck interrupt, interruptions in my speech. But of course, focusing on swear words is more sensational and interesting to the public. So it just got to be known as the swearing disease. One of the big myths is that it's just the swearing disease. Biscuit, in fact, biscuit, only 10% of, with the, of people with the condition um, have coparalia. Biscuit, the technical name for obscene ticks. Biscuit, and also one of the other big myths is it's just saying what's on your mind. Biscuit, um, biscuit, but I definitely, uh, I definitely, that's definitely not the case. And that's a very simplistic way of thinking about it. Biscuit, some ticks can be situational, so there can be an element of saying the worst thing in any given situation. Biscuit, hedgehog, uh, which means that I'm rubbish at games like I Spy, Hide and Seek, uh, Biscuit, or uh, Biscuit not telling people what I've got them uh, for their birthday or Christmas presents. So coprolalia is more of a symptom of Tourette's than a subset of it. There's also other lalias. There's echolalia, repeating other people's sounds or speech, and palilalia, repeating your own speech. Biscuit, these are all elements, uh, Biscuit, that can form a patchwork um, uh, that makes up a person with Tourette's condition and experience of the condition. Hello, Biscuit! Okay, that last one wasn't a tick, by the way. 
Uh, Jess was just responding to my dog barking in the background, which by a strange set of coincidences is named Biscuit. I swear I didn't set that up to happen on purpose. It just happened. But Tourette's syndrome is a complex web of symptoms. Just Tom obviously just doesn't tick swear words. On occasion she does, but she has other more prominent tics like biscuit and hitting her chest. And to make it more complicated... There's an oppositional element to Tourette's biscuit. For some people, not for everybody with the condition, but for some people, uh, biscuit. And it's not just about saying the wrong thing. It's also perhaps about inappropriate actions or behavior. And that can be dangerous. For example, for me, if I see uh, a hot ring on the stove um, biscuit, most people will automatically and instinctively think, that's hot, I'll avoid thinking about it. That's an instantaneous thing that your mind does. My mind does the same thing, biscuit, but then my body does the opposite response. So rather than not touching it, I will reach out and touch it. Um, Biscuit, that is a split second process um, that is automatic and over which I have no control. And what's interesting is that while she has no control over these actions, it is possible for many people to suppress their tics. Not exactly control them, but suppress them temporarily. Most people can suppress their tics for short periods of time. I tend to just get managed danger by um, just get trying to prevent myself being in its path. So making sure that there aren't loads of hard or sharp objects around me. Uh, just get asked for support if I need to, to cook. I think just get for me um, a big biscuit, a big part of um, my journey with Tourette's was understanding that independence didn't biscuit have to mean doing everything for myself. For a long time, I thought that to retain my independence biscuit meant that biscuit meant that I had to do every single thing for myself. When I realised that actually to be independent really is about being in control of all decisions, and that means knowing when to ask for support. I don't have to every cup of tea for myself. I just need to be in control of uh, knowing when I'm thirsty and when I need a drink. So then she can ask for help. Otherwise, when she has these more physical tics, she might be spilling scolding hot water on herself or anyone near her. And this is something that very much impressed me about Jess Tom. She has this confidence, even though she also lives with a condition that is ripe for mockery and just plain confusion by much of society. Well, it turns out that she was not always this way. I haven't always been comfortable and confident biscuit talking about my tics i used to find it very difficult to talk about tourette's biscuit without tears and that changed biscuit when i had a conversation um with matthew and biscuit uh, biscuit we'd been colleagues for a long time and friends for a long time biscuit we'd had lots of conversations about tourette's but we had one in his kitchen biscuit where he described my tics biscuit as a crazy language generating machine biscuit and told me that not doing something creative with it would be wasteful And what she created with it is beautiful. But I want to go back to Trisha, who you heard from briefly at the top of the show. She runs a camp for kids with Tourette's called Camp Twitch and Shout, where she helps other kids learn to deal with their tics. Trisha got involved with Camp Twitch and Shout because of the experience she had with her own son, who was diagnosed with Tourette's in elementary school. He was diagnosed around eight And most of his symptoms were more exacerbated between the ages of eight and maybe about 11 or 12. But besides having Tourette's, Trisha knew her son was a bright kid, but that wasn't coming out of him because of his tics and the anxiety that often goes with it. But things started to change when a close friend of Trisha's said to her one day, So he is going to live in your basement the rest of your life? And I was like, what? She goes, he's smart. He's a good kid. He's got the ability to be to go to college. 
But if he is not functioning, you know, and you're not there to save him, he's not going to make it. And I was like, huh, whoa. whoa, you know, big kick in the yeah. pants. Um, but it was one I needed. And so um, by the spring, I, I mean, I would walk around in my house and he'd be following me. You know, like he was just, he was just, I was the safe place. And then I started thinking, you know, I love my kids so much, but this is not going to work. And um, my daughter had been to camp, and she had been gone the last few years, and she it was amazing. And I had tried a couple of camps with him, but actually paid like over $2,000 for one, and day two he sent home. This was supposed to be for a month. And I was like, you know, oh, God. So what am I going to do with them? But um, so I looked into, there was a camp in North Carolina called SOAR, S-O-A-R, and um, they had a lot of professionals that dealt with anxiety, depression, all that, you know. And even though they didn't specialize in kids with Tourette's, the camp had great experience dealing with kids with special psychological needs. So she signed them up for this 18-day trip for her son, who had never even really been away from her before. And to Trisha's amazement, she never got a single phone call from her son or the camp. I, I, I was a wreck. You know, I'm like, I cannot believe I'm not getting called on day one. So here we are, 18 days later, they put him on the plane from Wyoming and um, they call me and do a debrief on the phone. And she said, well, the first four days he hid under the table. He uh, growled like a dog, you know, growled like an animal for about four days and wouldn't talk to anybody, wouldn't participate, wouldn't do anything. I'm like, and you didn't call me? Are you kidding? I was like, I want to come get him. And she's like, no, 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 no. We just kept telling him, you know what? You're a great kid. I know you don't want to do this. When you're ready, we're here. And about four days into wow. it, that's a long time. Four days into it, he said to the girl, I don't know how to make a friend here. And she said, that was the moment, just right there. And she said, well, that's what I'm really good at. I can help you and let's see what we can do to make this better. And he just, she said, by the last day, we went back to the base camp and the people, the cooks and everybody that saw him the first couple of days, they were like, is that him? They're like, yeah. And I could see it. So I'm on the phone. I'm a mess. I'm crying, crying, crying. He got off the plane and I just saw it right there. I'm like, they did it. You know, there's something they did there. And it was finally, I had that hope that my kid was going to be okay. And that's, that's what I want to help give to my parents. she says her parents, she means the parents of the kids that now go to her summer camp, specifically for kids with Tourette's syndrome, which we'll hear about when we return from this quick break. You're listening to Very Bad Words. I'm Matt Fiddler. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Very Bad Words. I'm Matt Fiddler. On this episode, we're talking about the widely misunderstood Tourette syndrome. Before the break, Trisha was talking about how sending her son to the summer camp started a process so he was eventually able to deal with his Tourette syndrome tics. And this was something she was unable to do by herself. So that day that my friend kicked me in the ass um, was life-changing for my son. So with camp, when we were able to start camp, it was the year after my son got back. She's talking about Camp Twitch and Shout, which is a camp specifically for kids who have been diagnosed with Tourette syndrome. Trisha is now the director. 
Um, the camp, we're going into our ninth summer, and we have children ages 8 to 17. Our 17-year-olds are more in a leadership program, but we also have um, adults. Our counselors are ages 19 and up. It's a place where we normalize it with acceptance, reassurance, that we understand them and we're not going to question, which gives them a little bit more confidence and resilience. And especially if they meet adults with Tourette, they become those mentors or those people that give these kids and the parents, you know, some hope that their life is going to be okay. And in the beginning of Camp Twitch and Shout, it was pretty much just like any other typical summer camp, a place for kids to relax, have fun, and just be kids. But then we found it getting more complicated. You know, kids would come and their ticks would increase even more. And so now we're, we've become a camp that is creating those same intentions for our kids to, in order for them to develop, you know, which is most important is resilience. Because not all kids with this condition can just drop all their insecurities and just be a kid. Man, I had a hard time doing that when I went to summer camp. But anyway, these kids, they need to develop resilience because they're going to face some obstacles throughout their lives that most people will never have to face. And even the kids that do have a great time at camp, they're going to go home and they're going to face shit no matter what. I mean, it's just, that's the way it is. And it's just a tough life for some of them. And when they develop that resilience or that confidence or that ability to look at another person or adult that has the same disorder and go, you know what, they're doing okay, or this is how they cope. Maybe I could learn to develop this and you know they learn a little bit more when they get back home you know our hope and our goal is that they can face these challenges a little bit more prepared and patricia wants everyone to know camp twitch and shout will not bankrupt you either it's pretty affordable and they also offer financial assistance to any family with a child with tourette's that can't afford to send their kid to the camp so thank you patricia cardon executive director and camp director of camp twitch and shout you can learn more about them at camptwitchandshout.org. Now, Jess Tom, she didn't have Camp Twitch and Shout growing up. In fact, she wasn't even diagnosed with Tourette's until she was nearly grown up. But she did have a teacher who made a big difference for her. Not because he knew about Tourette's, not because he was warned or a doctor or ordered to treat her differently, but because he had this thing that seems to be in short supply these days, empathy. There was, uh, there was one um, incident when I was in high school, and my class had been um, made to uh, sit in the gym and we all had basketballs. And the, uh, the uh, gym instructor said, Biscuit told everyone to put their basketballs down in front of them. And instead of following that instruction, I picked up the ball and threw it at him and it hit him square in the face. Um, and I was absolutely horrified, Biscuit, and shocked that I had done this, as was he, as was my whole year group, um, Biscuit. And he ordered me out of the gym. And I was terrified about what he was going to do to me for having behaved in that way, Biscuit. But when I explained that I hadn't chosen to do that and I hadn't intended to throw it and that I didn't, hadn't got an explanation for why, why that happened, Biscuit, he trusted me and he was he was understanding. And I have a huge amount of respect for that teacher that I've never been able to share with him directly. Because now, as someone who works with children and young people a lot, I appreciate how difficult it can be if you feel humiliated in a particular situation. But for him, without having a diagnosis, without having um, a doctor confirm that he needed to be supportive, he understood. And I think... Um, 
that for me it says a lot about how we need to listen and respond to each other and the trust we need to show um towards each other when we're thinking about difference neurodiversity let's get in disability and this is one of the important messages that jess wants to spread around as the tourette's hero the other is about this thing known as the swearing disease which is of course why i started looking into tourette's in the first place one of the big things I'd like to do is to uh, is for people to stop thinking about Tourette's totally in relation to Coparalia Biscuit. It's amazing what a dominant idea. People are really drawn to the idea of Biscuit swearing without intention, and that's often reinforced by how we see Tourette's presented. So I think I'd really like to change that perception. Biscuit, I think that that myth that it's just the swearing disease is unhelpful. Um, Biscuit, and puts people off getting the support they need. Biscuit. And there are various treatments out there to help with Tourette's with benefits and drawbacks, of course. For me, um, biscuit, treating the ticks um, is not what I choose to focus on. I find in terms of my day-to-day life, getting the right support, having the language to communicate my needs and experience to other people, and taking a practical and pragmatic approach. Biscuit, they still don't under- understand Tourette's brilliantly. Biscuit, they still don't know what's happening on a brain level. Biscuit, and while they're working that out, Biscuit, I feel much happier and it works much better for me taking a pragmatic approach. So if I have um, uh, my chest banging tick, that is a motor tick, which means that I bang my chest hundreds of times a day. Rather than trying to change that a brain level, wearing padded gloves works much better for me. Uh, biscuit or using um, cups with lids or biscuit, using a wheelchair to get around so that my leg ticks, which mean that my walking is very chaotic. Um, uh, don't you know, I don't get injured or um, and I can get around freely. So for me, those practical approaches have been um, uh, felt much much easier and uh, more successful uh, biscuit but that's it's a very personal and uh, individual approach biscuit just tom's approach isn't to try to fix anything which is what tourette's hero is all about not fixing a person but embracing all people and this philosophy really started when her tourette's hero co-founder matthew said to her that thing about how she was a random language generating machine which to her suggested that Ticks were a creative advantage. It was wasteful not to do something creative with them. That I had all these little interruptions and these moments of um, biscuit of spontaneous creativity that other people didn't have access to. Biscuit, uh, biscuit, and. Um, being able to suddenly start seeing that and valuing that was really powerful. But that's not about keeping that to myself. Biscuit Tourette's Zero website is about recording and sharing those real ticks um, so that they can be used as creative inspiration for other people and so for other people's talents, whether that's visual artists, poets, musicians. It's full of ticks submitted by users to help an artist get inspired. Tourette'sHero.com. You can go to the website, click on ticks, and you'll see a bunch of user-documented ticks. I just went now and saw astronauts RPs too. Um, here's one. Hi, high up moon. Or, lamppost, I'm lighter than you are. <laughs> there are hundreds of pages of these ticks, and she invites people to use these ticks as inspiration to create art. So, she learned to embrace her ticks to help create art, perhaps taking away their power, much like what humor can do, which is something Jess uses to combat the condition as well. 
I don't think it took me a long time to develop a sense of humour, um, Biscuit, about my own tics and about the experiences of living with Tourette's. Biscuit, sometimes it was incredibly challenging and incredibly upsetting, and still is. You know, there are moments where those challenges and barriers, you know, are deeply upsetting. Sometimes that's about my tics. Most often that's about discrimination or attitudes that I experience in the wider world. Biscuit. But humour has always, Biscuit, been a big part of um, my way of um, Biscuit managing and approaching that. Because sometimes she is still surprised by some of the ticks that come out of her mouth. The ones that really surprise me are the biscuit ones that are really perhaps complicated or funny because vocal ticks can be really simple, like just a squeak or a sniff. They can be single words like biscuit, biscuit, or they can be complex, complex phrases. Fuck it. And I think sometimes uh, really complicated ticks um, will, will surprise me. But finally, when we first started writing down ticks to share on our website, to be used for other, crea- other people's creativity, I frequently had to be reminded by other people or po- have ticks pointed out to me to write down because I would, I would just not notice them and would instantly forget them. Um, biscuit, hedgehog, cats, uh, Biscuit, I think the only time, Biscuit, I've ever been surprised or really embarrassed by a tick, um, Biscuit, was while I was working um, work at work once in a quiet office with everybody um biscuit studiously typing away on their computers biscuit and i suddenly ticked i'm allergic to semen um biscuit um which um made me blush slightly yeah <laughs> i could see that yeah that that kind of brings up another question um i mean you said ticks it's just anything that's in your vocabulary and so i don't know let's say a mormon family that would you know a, a child that was never uh, exposed to certain words would it still be called coprolalia if you know they say sugar because their mom never says shit um yes. is that- yeah. biscuit it's about it, biscuit coprolalia is about that is is about the social context i think and is about that um Different words are coporalic in different languages um, because of the because of the social context, and it's about that oppositionality. It's about that um, that that lack of impulse control. To you know that that is nuanced. Um, there is also nosai, which is non-obscene, socially inappropriate behaviour. So nosai sits alongside coporalia, um, and nosai might be saying something like "You've got a big nose," or um, biscuit um, saying things that are socially inappropriate, but not technically obscene. Um, biscuit, but yeah, um, people often say, oh, um, biscuit, people with Tourette's must learn those, some, those words somewhere. They must be bad because they learn those words somewhere. We all know and are exposed to different types of language. I've really, there's, there's certain words that I, biscuit, absolutely live in fear of because of how ugly they are, biscuit, and how much damage they could do to um, other people, um, biscuit, um, biscuit, if they became a regular part of my ticked vocabulary. Um, and so there's an element of me that's frightened of language in a really sort of unusual way and definitely perhaps tries to curate the words I hear that is obviously a slightly ridiculous and fruitless exercise because I know I know what those words are beans cats fuck it hedgehog biscuit another great reason for Tourette's hero whose mission as we talked about is not just to educate but to normalize Tourette's the things that we need to change are not ourselves, Biscuit. Be having a mind or body that works differently, Biscuit, or being a disabled person doesn't mean that you're broken. You don't need to be fixed or cured. Biscuit, uh, Biscuit, we need to try and fix and cure the way we think about difference within our society. That doesn't mean we don't. We shouldn't try and aim to uh, relieve people's pain or make their lives work better and their biscuit make their make people more comfortable. But it is about not always trying to fix the individual, but fix the disabling barriers that exist in our world. Biscuit, hedgehog, cats. 
Thank you, Jess Tom, the Tourette's hero. Learn more about her and Tourette's Hero at Tourette'sHero.com or from her videos all over YouTube. She really has an amazing TED Talk you should check out. And also, big thank yous to Patricia Cardon and Camp Twitch and Shout and the Tourette's Association of America for all their online information. Now, can I ask you a quick question? Have you subscribed to the show yet? If you haven't, please do. And as your punishment, you have to go tell two friends about the show that you think might like it. You know, those friends of yours that are kind of nerdy and like listening to podcasts. All right. Thanks for that. But mainly, thank you for listening to Very Bad Words. I'm Matt Fiddler. The executive producer is Jill Fincher. See you next time.